0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. It's 900 CHML. I'm Scott Thompson. Will Erskine back at the station, keeping the Scott Thompson home show on the air. My daughter's right behind me. What are you doing? Stealing paper. Stealing paper. Hey, no stealing paper. There's a paper shortage in the house. You can't steal my paper. I'm going to give it back. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're going to give it back. Well, that's with with something written on it, no doubt. Uh, no problem. Just close the door. Uh, the office is a common space right now. Where was I? Uh, let's. Uh, have I said hi? Have I said two twenty? Have I said uh, all that stuff I normally say? You know, it's the Scott Thompson Home Show. Uh, we talked to uh, Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture expert, the other day, and uh, the Mister Potato Head thing came up. And and Alyssa said something I, th- I thought was fascinating, and, and I'm paraphrasing. No wonder people are running towards the types of Donald Trumps when you see this sort of thing happening. Uh, now we've got six Dr. Seuss books that won't be published for racist images. Is that the same? Is it different? Let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture expert. Alyssa PR, she is with us now. Alyssa, thanks for the time. Hope you're well.
1: Oh, always well. Thank you for having me on, Scott.
0: So I thought your comment about uh, no wonder people are running to the Donald Trumps of the world, and I was paraphrasing when we have things like the Mr. Potato Head going on, but you, you th- that comment really struck a nerve with me in the sense that we have seemed to have lost the center. Is it possible to relocate the center in people's minds?
1: Well, I think first we have to define redefine what the center is.
0: Not extreme right, not extreme left.
1: Yeah, okay, yes but um redefine it in t- in 2021 terms. So when we talked about the um the potato head family as becoming gender neutral and there was really sort of no I don't know, I don't know how much forethought or research or whatever was done in order to uh have this overt show of diverse equity and inclusion. However, when we're talking about the Dr. Seuss books, I think that this is a whole other ballgame, Scott.
0: It's a bit different, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and one of the reasons is is that schools and school boards themselves have started moving away from uh, from some of the books because of their problematic images and on how they portray. Uh, certain ethnic minorities in those books and, and, and listen, I, I grew up in those books. Yeah, I read them to my daughter and I noticed them and I thought, you know, this is a little odd. Hmm. You know, we really don't want to personify anybody who is Asian as looking a comical or certain way or somebody who is black as, as being portrayed in any other way that, um, that doesn't truly underscore uh, who they are as people. So, you know, it it is problematic. And then, you know, when you have educators reading these books that become part of a primary curriculum, and you have, you know, children from various ethnicities and various backgrounds looking at these pictures and thinking, am I portrayed like this? Is this how? This is not what my mother looks like. This is not what my father looks like. And that's valid. Yeah, that's extremely valid. And I, I, I first. That, I, no, go I, sorry, go
0: ahead. No, go ahead.
1: And and I think that some of these things do bear looking at. Like when at first you know, listen, we all see the headline and we think, oh, here we go, yeah, yeah, not again. But there are actually some very very solid reasonings behind this. And there's been a, a, a little bit of a no more than a little bit. There, there's been a bit of a, a groundswell an organic groundswell of educators and boards of education that are moving away from books that problematically portray what the students look like in the classroom.
0: I remember I I first noticed this. uh, You know, we had our kids a little later than than most, (laughs) and uh, I remember when uh, our kids were young, or my daughter was young, and somebody had bought like uh, an old DVD of uh, old Looney Tunes or something like that, like old cartoons. And these were things that had obviously been written or, or produced in the '40s, much like some of these books are are almost a hundred years old, if not or so. Um, and, and they were written way back when. And I remember watching these things. And I think the first one was smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. And it was like, you know, the kid that goes into the convenience store and starts buying smokes. Now, I guess the message at the end was don't smoke. But I'm thinking, holy, <laughs> that's incredible that, you know, you, you, we forgot of, of how much how far we have come. And then, of course, uh, you re, you know, you, you see those stereotypes, uh, whether it's uh, indigenous people's uh, blackface, simple blackface in these cartoons. And then you realize, oh, my goodness, this is. Uh, this is a little different now than it was, say, uh, back in the 1940s. So the same thing would apply here. I mean, the way we thought of something 100 years ago, or even 50 years ago, is a lot different than today.
1: And I don't think that there's a problem, actually, with either updating those images or creating uh, images that create better understanding um, around the different cultures that we have globally. Um, I really think that there are times when you have to give a good, hard look on how stories are being told to kids. I mean, listen, my daughter's 21, so I'm not reading her any bedtime stories. But I remember reading Walt Disney. Now, Mm -hmm. you can't tell me that Walt Disney, in my opinion, was a misogynist. Uh, treated his female characters terribly, often killing them off or treating them, you know, portraying them as, you know, definitely between a sense of purity and evil. So, you know, there have been tons and tons of papers and dissertations written about Walt Disney. Yet, you know, when you, I remember being at one of those ice skating things that was Disney based, and right. how they—I forget which one was it—Snow White or somebody—that they had they were to cut out her heart and put it in a box. Okay, as I'm sitting there watching them flit around the ice and watching my daughter be enthralled by the costumes and the sparkles, I'm thinking, this is sick stuff. Yet it's (laughs) true, really? And it's wrapped in all this grandeur and pastels and beauty and color and lights, when really, it's not. So you know, we're talking about Dr. Seuss now. There've been people talking. I read the article about Babar, um, which yeah. feel that people feel celebrates the uh, colonialism um, and how you know uh, animals were told to be civil, you know, uh, told to uh, be civilized. You know, when believe me, I am surprised, Scott, that Disney has not been pushed to the forefront of all of this because of what I portray as his misogynistic narrative.
0: Good point. You, you have to wonder if the Hasbros of the world and all these other companies are having the discussion. Is that discussion happening uh, at Disney? Uh, so here we are taking a harder look at the Dr. Seusses and, and this sorts of, uh, these sorts of things. How come we didn't take as hard a look at our prime minister when he was in blackface?
1: You know, this is all about a flavor of the day and the ability to gain groundswell support against something that um, is, quite frankly, reprehensible. And I think that, you know, this is where communications comes in, for better or for worse, Scott. You know, this is where, you know, packaging a story, packaging a crisis uh, really comes into play. So, you know, when the blackface pictures were discovered, what happened, you know, within an hour, there was an apology and a very quick press conference. And within that hour, you also saw at the time um Andrew Shear, leader of the opposition, come out with his viewpoint. And then, you know, in the next hour, you saw Jagmeet Singh. But, you know, this is what we call getting ahead of the story. And in many ways, Doctor Seuss Enterprises has been doing a lot of soul searching and, and obviously doing their research on on their books and the acceptability of their books and why certain titles are not being read anymore. And they had to take action. So, you know, I, I think that this is a very savvy um business move on their part because they're actually listening to quantifiable research. And, you know, when it comes to our politicians and judging them, I don't think that any of that will ever leave Trudeau. It will always be part of his legacy, and he will always respond with, I was wrong and and apologize. But, you know, the ability for governments to quickly turn the channel and try to move on is is legendary. So it really doesn't matter what the crisis is. It just depends on the public's appetite for um, tearing you down at that moment.
0: Wasn't one of the figures that the prime minister dressed up as uh, Aladdin? Wasn't that was that a Disney figure?
1: Yes, it was, Scott. In fact, it was. So there you go. Double whammy. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Alyssa. As always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well.
1: And you too, Scott. Thanks for having me on. The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to three on nine hundred
0: CHML.